Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and identity meet. Transition of Style is sponsored by QueerCut, a global gender-free marketplace and online community that connects LGBT shoppers with queer-friendly brands and products. Welcome back to Transition of Style. I'm your host, Corinne. What's going on? Today, I have Stephanie Manns. Stephanie Manns is a Scottish Americana singer-songwriter based in New York City. BBC Introducing describes her voice as absolutely captivating, and she continues to go from strength to strength as she performs at New York at venues in New York and across America. Not content with just performing, Stephanie co-founded and, and produces a songwriter circle and hosts a podcast, New York Artist Collective, This Next This Next One's About, inviting fellow musicians to take a more in-depth look at one of their songs and their experiences as artists in New York. Stephanie? What's going on? Hey. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for having me uh, Oh, amazing. Show. I don't yeah. get that often. Really? I don't, and I love it. Oh, well, you know, it's it's like ridiculously cold outside. It We're is. inside. It I is. have a drink. <laughs> Everything's good. Actually, I think it was the drink that made things amazing, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, that's just and my you're, thoughts. you're a wonderful company, obviously. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. so. I, well, thank you so much for being here, and I feel like I have lots of questions for you, and I can't wait to delve into this. So let's get started on, so you are a self-taught guitarist, yes. right? Mm. You're, self, you're a self-taught musician. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to know, what at what age did you teach yourself guitar? 22. 22? Uh, yeah, I was like... Um, it's a long story. Uh, my, so my mother and I are both very stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> and she wanted me to learn the piano yeah. and I wanted to learn guitar. Yeah. And I said, I'm not learning the piano. And she said, well, you're not learning the guitar. <laughs> um, I think she was a little bit scared I would become a big lesbian. Um, oh, no. That boat had already sailed. <laughs> oh, no, that went south, Mom. Sorry. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, so I think we both stuck our heels in. And um, I guess I got very busy at school and then at university and whatever. And I think I went backpacking around Australia and bought this guitar and I was like in a van and whatever. And oh my goodness, seriously? Yeah, it, 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 yeah it, it, it is how it sounds. Um, wow. Yeah, and you know, really got into some, some music out there and then when I came back, I um, had this ambition to do a, uh, an open mic before I was 30. Yep. That was literally the only ambition I had with music. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I did it when I was 24. Oh, great. Yeah. No, I was even younger than that. I think I did it when I was 23. Okay. And I really loved performing I sort of had this bug for it and I was like oh that was fun and um, I moved to Jersey in the Channel Islands so I was at University in Scotland and then I moved to to Jersey in the Channel Islands I always have to say Jersey in the Channel Islands in America because I'm like hey girl you moved to Jersey (laughs) you definitely need to say the Channel Islands (laughs) Um, so I moved down to the Channel Islands and and it was a very small kind of community I mean the the island is nine miles by five wow yeah small wow it's beautiful I mean like the beaches there are just stunning and, but it had this sort of lovely community feel to it. I mean, when you when you are somewhere that's that small, you get to know people very quickly. And I found this sort of open mic kind of community and, you know, musicians very quickly mm-hmm. um, who were very encouraging of, you know, music in general and me developing my own music and, and sound. And I had, um, I became very good friends with someone who very kindly recorded a demo for me. And um, there was a competition to submit uh, to Joan Armitrading's support act when she uh, was touring in Jersey, and I, for the for the hell of it, I just wanted to record something. Yeah. Just go through the process, record, submit it, and you know if there was feedback, that was great. But they called me and asked me to open for her on the first night, and I was Unbelievable. like, "Unbelievable! Oh shit! Really? Yeah, 
You must have been shocked out of your mind. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I'd done... Oh, shit. I'd done maybe two or three open mics, and that was it. What? And then I opened for Joan Trading in front of, like, a thousand people. And I barely had... I mean, I don't think I even had two or, th- like, three songs of my own. Okay, so... I did, so like, a 20-minute set. How do you prepare? <laughs> how do you prepare for that <laughs> after saying. three open mics? I just gotta know. I drank wine. I had to drink wine. Um, I was so nervous. Is that all you were drinking? Because I'm like, yeah. we need something harder. Oh, no. I had to, I, like, I could get, I, I still to this day, I can get some, some really bad kind of nerves if I'm doing a, a much bigger show than I've ever done. And I was so nervous. I mean, my hand was just going. Um, I needed something to settle me. So I had, I had, I did have a glass of wine. And I, like, I, through experience, I realized I can't have more than one. Yeah. Because yeah, then it gets messy, yeah, right? Does it get messy? messy? Yeah. Oh, very messy. Like I, you know, some people can are like I've seen musicians who are amazing after they have a drink, Can't and I'm like, yeah. no, well, maybe my one. My fingers forget where they're going. Exactly. I forget all my lyrics. Yeah. But one is just enough to kind of settle the nerves. So I had a glass of wine, and I went out on stage, and um, it was it was such a funny experience. So I like Joan came to the side of stage just before I went out, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and it was as really if it wasn't dark. Over, as if you weren't freaked out enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, and she was so nice. She sort of sidled up to me and I'm like, is that Joan Armitrading? Is that not Joan Armitrading? And um, she was actually wearing pajamas and slippers. I kid you not. And uh, she came over and said, oh, hi, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Joan. And I said, oh, hi. <laughs> Squeaky voice. Yeah, very much. And um, she said, oh, I, I always come out and watch the, the opening acts. And I was like, wow, okay, thank you. Um, oh, shit. And she said, how are you feeling? And I was like, a little bit nervous. And then they called my name and I went out and I'd done this beautiful sound check. It sounded lovely. I was so new to this, I didn't even own my own guitar. Like, wow. I didn't own a decent guitar that I could have taken <sighs> on stage. This is incredible. So I borrowed my friend's, like, Steve Vai Ibanez acoustic thing. It was beautiful. <laughs> and uh, But he had two of these and, and this was the, the other one. And the jack in it, the input, um, was a bit funny. Yeah. And so I, I put the, the DI in. To the, to the guitar and um, it, I got no sound so I'm like in front of a thousand people and I had no sound and I don't have enough experience to know what on earth I'm doing oh my god so I'm already on stage and oh then my god. and I'm like I have no sound shit and so I pull out the jack I pull out the input and I and because I remembered when that happened he was like if this happens just pull it out and jam it back in which I did forgetting to tell the sound guy because if you forget to tell the sound guy he doesn't mute the instrument and then there is this massive kind of feedback noise so he pulled that out and then there was this huge feedback noise and then you heard a thousand people just go, oh, and then I went, shit. And then like, it was just sort of so Whoa, awkward. this is like. <laughs> it was so awkward. And I think I made a joke and I was like, oh, it's a bit like this. I said, this feels like I'm holding a really hot cup of coffee and I'm about to sneeze. Um, I had a joke. That's the only thing you can do. And I, I think that was such a good experience for me in terms of you have to, yeah. to bring them in on the joke, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then let it go. And yeah. then it's fine. I was also really nervous because I was wearing, I loved this t-shirt. It was this like blondie t-shirt. Mm-hmm. It was really the, cute. Like blondie the band? Yeah, blondie oh, the band. Yes. And I was like 23, 23, 24, and I could pull this off at this point. It was, yes. it was, it was like a sort of <laughs> little tight t-shirt. Right. And then I realized as I sort of sat on this stool, I was like, I think Joan Armadrini can see my ass crack. And oh. so I've got all this stuff going on. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was so funny. How did you get this experience? Like, did you get on, like... Once you started playing, did mm-hmm. please tell me things started just sailing? <laughs> because I'm like, what is happening before you yeah. get on? This sounds things intense. Things got better after that. Wow. Um, you know, and you you do, you know, you, you play all the sort of toilet gigs or you play the really hard gigs. Yeah. Um, and so I was in Jersey for a couple of years and then I moved to Glasgow. 
which is, I mean, my, my family are from Glasgow, but I'd never actually lived there. Yeah. So I went to Glasgow sort of hoping to make a home yeah. um, and stay there. And I think I, I've moved a lot growing up and I, I thought that was sort of where I wanted to be. And um, Glasgow was a great place to learn your craft in, in terms of music. Yeah. Um, the crowd there are phenomenal. Like, mm. they are so welcoming. They're also, like, they're not shy in any respect. And if you're rubbish, they'll tell you. And if you're great, they'll tell you. Oh, yeah. But they tell you in, in such this sort of aggressive way yeah. that if you don't know the accent, you don't know if it's good or bad. Yeah. You don't know where the shouting yeah, at you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. All right. So listen, talk to me about your music. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, you're a singer-songwriter. Tell me about your music. I want to know, um, there are some people who write about their personal experiences, mm-hmm. right? They Almost everything they write is about this happened to me, and I'm now going to retell it in, in song form. Uh-huh. Some people talk about, some people will come up with some sort of fantasy and write about that. What are your songs, what are your songs generally drawn from? I mean, I think for most people it's it's personal experience. If it's not personal experience, then it doesn't ring true for anyone and it's not relatable. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you need to... You need to develop, I think, as a songwriter. So, I mean, obviously you start off and you tell the kind of the, some of the most painful stories, some of the, the most joyous moments of your life. That has always been the same. But I think what you learn to do is, is tell them in a different way. Okay. Um, and that, I think, for me is where I have wanted to develop, I think, as an artist and, and um, you know, create a picture for somebody. And the way that you create that picture with words or the music or the feeling or the emotion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean... That's, that's obviously where you start is you, you write what you know. So my first album, I think, was very kind of, these are my feelings and this is how I feel and everything else. And I think my second album, I tried to be a bit more, I don't want to say vague, but a bit more creative in, in terms of the language that I was using or the, or the stories that I was telling, right. the metaphors I was using. Right. Um, and I'm very proud of this, the second album. It's one of those things where you kind of, I, like, I, I finished that and I was like, I wish this had been my first one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's the thing, you know, you have to go through that process to get somewhere and, and I will, you know, never be... Um, ashamed of you know my efforts to get there. Yeah. And it's it's a process, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a process. Like sure. anything else, it's a process, and sometimes it's hard to look back when you didn't know better and do, mm-hmm. you did things a certain way. But it's a process, and I'm sure you're still even evolving in it now. Absolutely, um, and in a really beautiful way. I want to ask you about the New York Artist Collective. Um, oh, so tell me, tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Tell me what it is, and tell me what was the impetus for starting it. So um, me and two other fellow songwriters uh, wanted to get together to do a Nashville style round. And I think we had sort of grown a little bit frustrated with the music scene in New York. A little bit in the sense of we hadn't, we'd been here maybe, how long had I been here? Maybe a year, maybe a year or two. And we'd been struggling to find community mm-hmm. in, or, you know, within the music scene. Mm-hmm. And I felt the reason for that is because New York is, everything is so fast. Um, all of the venues are very much that kind of festival style format. And you get on, you get off, you get on, you get off. Yes. Like some, it's, yes. it's just rolling. Yeah. And I certainly never felt that I saw the next band because it's like you don't want to stay in the room and have all your friends talk over right. the next band or whatever. But where I had been in, in Glasgow and, and Jersey before, I definitely found that's what people did. And that's how you met people. Out of that grew the community and relationships and that's how you would meet new bandmates and things like that. And I just oh, wasn't finding that that was happening here for me. Right. Um, funnily, I did meet my guitarist that way. So I stayed after my set and I saw him perform with someone else. And mm-hmm. I was like, you're great. Can I get your number? Yeah. And then that's how I have my band uh, at the moment. So, you know, um, doing wrong. I think I, I whined about that at the start, but like it did <laughs> kind of happen at some point, but it took it took much longer than yeah. I thought it would normally take. So the three of us, I think, were kind of a little bit frustrated with that scene. We'd all sort of had a bit of writer's block as well at the same time. So we were kind of a bit, we were stalling a little bit 
in our own musical projects. And I think I had obviously moved from the UK and, you know, I was sort of picking up momentum there. And then I moved here and started completely again. Yeah. So that was yeah. just so... It was a little bit soul-destroying, I think. Yeah, and I, I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things where you, you have to get your name around your you place and venues. You don't even know which venues that you should play. Yeah. I remember I played like a Sunday night at like 10.30 to no one. Yeah. But I was like, well, okay, you know, um, and you try and take the positives from it. And I was like, well, actually, I, I performed quite well, yeah. much as no one heard it. I was like, you know, because, um, you know, I was like trying out a new guitar or whatever. I was like, oh, well. Yeah, maybe, practice. Just try practice. it. Yeah. Fine. So the three of us sort of got together and we wanted to do this Nashville style round. And I don't know if you're familiar with what a Nashville style round is. No, what is that? You have three artists on stage or four sometimes um, at the same time. And you'll go around and you'll each play a song. Oh, interesting. It's really fun. And you kind of connect with one another and then you connect with the audience sort of separately. And and it's a sort of shared experience, which is sort of quite unique. So I think if you're just an artist on stage and and then you have an audience. Yeah then there's sort of no commentary, if you like, on that whilst you're on stage. But if you have three artists up there together, then you can bounce off each other, mm-hmm. share in that experience, and you can say, oh, I really love that song. Um, that reminds me of a song that I have. Oh, and awesome. then you play that, and then you kind of feed off each other, awesome. which is yeah, really nice. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But I knew Siobhan, and Siobhan knew Angela, and I love Angela. She's like my bestie. <laughs> she's, she's my girl. And um, so we, we played this round together, and I was just blown away. Like, I, I'd, I'd seen Siobhan play, but I hadn't seen Angela perform, and I was blown away by her voice. And um, when we finished the show, we had a lot of people come up to us and saying, oh, when's the next one? And we were like, what do you mean? When's the next one? Wow. We were like, this is this is just a one-off. And they yeah. were like, oh, that's a shame. Right. We're like, oh, okay. Maybe, this, Maybe there's this something here. Yeah. What, like, and I looked I looked into it, and I was like, there aren't really any Nashville-style rounds that happen in New York. Why is that? Yeah, I'd never heard of it. Mm. And it's it baffled me, because I'm like, there is a real audience here mm-hmm. for music there's a real audience for country americana which is typically of that style you know when when people are in around so it's, i mean as it's called the nashville star round because it started in nashville and it's all country music and whatever it doesn't have to be country music that's played it's just you know people that are familiar with the genre are usually familiar mm-hmm. with the rounds right so i wondered why that didn't happen when these artists come here and there is an audience for it i was like why why isn't it happening here mm-hmm. what's what's going on and i never really found an answer for that um, so we thought, okay, well, let's put on a couple of shows and see how it goes. We started the New York Artist Collective. Um, so effectively, we produce these shows, we curate these rounds, we invite artists to come um, and be on stage together with each other. So we, we select three artists, usually very carefully, yeah. with each other. And we prepare them and say, you know, get ready to go on stage with, with two other people. Get ready to share, get ready to be vulnerable. This is, a, this is meant to be... Um, a chance for the audience to get closer to you, mm-hmm. to get closer to the process, and for you to get closer to each other. Uh, this was another important point. Was it's also it's very hard in New York to come across an organic audience, yeah. Because you go to a show and like you have to bring your friends, but yeah. how do you get in front of people you don't know? Right. It's really hard. Right. So this this other idea was um, you get in front of three times the, the amount of audience that you would normally get in front of. So people come and see their friends, and you cross pollinate. And we felt that that was a way to solve this problem. But but it sounds like what, you, what you're describing is you're trying to create a community. You're mm-hmm. trying to create a place where people who wouldn't have gotten heard by some um, some some of this audience yeah. now get a chance to, like you said, cross pollinate and get get heard yeah. by more people. Yeah. It's a really really great idea, actually. It's been really fun. So it's given me so much more than I thought it would, oh, and I'm very great. grateful for that. And that the artists that we've met through it, the connections that I've made. Um, and the people that I've then worked with on, on the back of it. So I'm, I'm hugely grateful for the oh, experience. That's, that's wonderful. It sounds like a wonderful thing you've started here. And um, and how long has it been in existence? 
Uh, we were just coming up on our second birthday. Oh, so good I think for it was you. President's Day 2017. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I love it. Thank you. Well, I have to check you guys out sometime. That yeah. sounds really great. So I'm going to let's going to move on to the identity. Okay piece of this so my question to you is how do you identify i identify as a queer lady okay <laughs> i love it so as a queer lady, queer lady talk to me about your style sure and talk to me about um if, if that's just your 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 descriptor your label how does your style communicate that mm-hmm. do you think or does it maybe it doesn't in terms of how i identify it i probably wouldn't have said queer maybe a year or two ago and i now say queer um, and I, I like what it encompasses. Yes. Um, I like that it encompasses sexuality. I like that it encompasses style. Um, I like that it encompasses your gender identity as yeah. well. I think that's the beauty of the term. Yeah. That I've I've really come to. Yeah. To, it is it is a very vast term. It's a yeah. term that um, that there there's a lot under the umbrella of queer, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it, it does allow you to be a lot of different things and and um, have a lot of freedom. Um, so I, I want to know, based on you just saying you're a queer lady, like, what is your style? How did your style communicate that? I'm just curious about what, sure. what is your dress? What does that mean for your dress? My style changes depending on almost the time of day. Um, <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. Well, and what I mean by that is, you know, like, my work self is very different to my musician self. Okay. Um, who might be different sometimes to my weekend self. So I'd love to know about all three of those. I, three that those was one of my questions, like actually. One of my questions is like, mm-hmm. what do you like on stage as mm-hmm. opposed to what do you like in your everyday life? Mm-hmm. And then maybe tell me about what you're like at work. So what are those three like sort of styles look like? I think, I mean, dapper is definitely something that I identify with. And it honestly took me a long time to be comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, because I saw dapper as this masculine thing that I wasn't very comfortable with. I mean, because mm-hmm. I think it's taken me a long time to accept um, and understand about myself in terms of my masculine energy mm-hmm. and my feminine energy yeah. and what a masculine presentation is and what a feminine presentation is. Right. And those, those those things are all separate. Yeah. And I didn't think they were. Right. I thought they were all the same thing. Right. Interesting. And okay. I had sort of a lot of internalized homophobia going on. And I, I was speaking to my friend at the weekend, actually, and asking him about this because he's known me for a number of years now. And I had this fear of looking gay. Yeah. I had a real fear of looking gay and yeah. being seen yes. as, as being gay. Right. And I had had, you know, I, I, my first job, um, my first manager discriminated and, you know, yeah. called me out for a couple of things in front of other people. And it was, you know, very like, and it pushed me back in the closet and it set yeah. me back in a number of years. Of course, years, you know, of, course as, as it, of course. But I didn't, I didn't really realize all of that. Right. Um, and Jersey, you know, I'm not, not to say that it's, it's behind. I mean, legally it is behind. They're right. usually, like in terms of like, LGBT rights, they're a little bit behind the UK. Mm-hmm. They enacted things, I would say, five to ten years after the UK did, which is which is unfortunate. Um, but that and that's just just to give you context of the culture that I was in and, and how I was feeling about being my authentic self. Right. And you know, my that was my first job, and I was like, am I out? How, how do people feel about this here? I was in a brand new place, and I, yeah. I didn't really know how to how to be. Mm-hmm. And so it it took me a while to to kind of. In fact, I, I think I'm sort of only now, and you know, in my thirties, beginning to kind of accept this and understand all of these things that um, I was so fearful of yeah. and I was saying to my friend you know do I do I look gay like I asked I would constantly ask him if we were going I was like do I look gay because yeah. I didn't want to look gay right right you is, want to, yeah you want to hide I understand it but it but you but it sounds as if that there was a safety mm-hmm. element of that right yeah um, there was a safety element of it. there was a there's a there's an element of it that just you know you, you didn't feel safe in 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 being out like that I didn't 
I wouldn't say I didn't feel safe in a sort of physical sense, but I didn't feel safe that I could be myself and be successful. Ah, interesting. So I think that was really where the fear came from. Okay. Um, and I felt... So you felt you'd be held back if you were out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, also, that's also not safe, by the way. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, Terribly yeah, this, not. Yeah. And also, I bought into the sort of patriarchy, pa- pa- patriarchal, mm-hmm. good word, yeah. patriarchal yeah. <laughs> idea that men were the successful ones and... Not that I necessarily wanted to be with them, but I at least had to flirt with them. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and yeah. I, like that is something, and I feel so dirty about that. Man. I really <laughs> oh. do. Um, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah I really it, do. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I hate that, and I hate that that has brought all of this sort of stuff up for me. Well, listen, I think that we all have our experiences, our experiences in the past, right? And we all want to, um, we want to be someplace we're not, mm-hmm. you know, before we're there. Yeah. Um, and you, you, for whatever reason, you internalize the message of like, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, as a woman, this is what you do. Like you, you flirt with men, you talk with men. And, you know, if you didn't know anything else, then, then you didn't, you just didn't, Yeah. you know? So something's changed, right? Something has oh, changed. Absolutely. Something turned things around yeah. for you. I, I certainly feel like when I'm in a room full of like straight white women, um, and a, like and like a managing director or whatever because I, I do have my day job um, they will give up their femininity their woman like their femaleness to be stri- like to be white to have something in common with this white guy mm. um, and I was at something recently where like it was this you know it was like a women's event but the senior guy was talking and um, no one asked, like he didn't ask any questions about women and women's experiences and women didn't bring them up and like we were an hour into this whole thing and I was like and I brought up a question I was like I'm kind of stunned that no one has but and I think to me it was just an example of this is what you know when when you're not aware of it this is what you you give up of yourself and I got to a point where I was like I don't want to give up that of myself anymore and I want to be more authentic um because it was just harming me not to yeah yeah and in terms of um how I came to do that um, I just, I was never very comfortable dressing in skirts or whatever. Oh, God, I hated tights. I think it really all sort of started for me at work when I just sort of went, I don't want to wear dresses and skirts and I don't want to conform anymore. Like, right. I'm much more comfortable. I don't want to wear heels. I don't want to wear skirts. So I was like, I started dressing in pants. I started, you know, buying my pants from Banana Republic and they have some fun pants. They have some very fun do pants. They? they do. I don't go there that often. Okay. Well, you know, and it's more because, like, and this is this is something that I also noticed as well. And when I did a, the play out shoot with Liz, um, <clears throat> I was chatting to um, the photographer. Eric. He's great. Yeah. He's lovely. Really, really nice. And we were talking about parts to shoot of me or not to shoot. And I yeah. was like, can you just, you know, sort of avoid my hips, please? Yeah. And he yeah. was like, why? And I said, well, I don't feel my hips are in line with my my gender identity because I'm I feel like I'm sort of more not like masculine presenting, but like I'm less feminine. I, yeah. I present, I, I yeah. want to be less sort of on the feminine side, yeah. but these hips are just fucking there. Yeah. And I don't like that yeah. because it like, this is something I can't right. hide or change right. or whatever. And right. like, I just don't like that. Right. And it's not, you don't feel like it represents you in mm-hmm. a way. And, and the truth is, is, by the way, you could not like your hips and not be masculine. You can like your hips and decide, you know, I'm uh, this whole idea of gender identity is on a spectrum mm-hmm. there's a spectrum and you don't have to claim masculinity for for you to be somewhere on that spectrum and identify as the way you want mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you don't have to call it that yeah you know it's whatever is what you what you're comfortable with yeah and so i understand you're mm-hmm. like don't shoot my hips right yeah 
So with work, I, I started to sort of dress a bit sort of, I wouldn't even necessarily call it dapper. And, and but I would, I would start wearing pants. I would start wearing the Oxfords or the Brogues or whatever. And like, and more button ups and something. And then I mean, I I've seen you. You look dapper to me. Thank you very much. I mean, I don't know if you don't like that. I oh, think I dappers, like are, you look dapper to me. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I think where I've sort of, if I'm going out and I'm doing dapper, then I probably do like more eye makeup or whatever. And I often, and I probably think that there's more in terms of on the queer spectrum that women that are doing dapper don't necessarily do as much makeup. Yeah. So that's where I, I sort of made a comment to you. I was like, I feel like I'm, I dress like a gay man, like a <laughs> queer gay man. Because it's sort of this, like, for me, it's like that feminine touch. And it's not because I'm scared of being dapper or anything like that. Um, I think for me, it's like I, I've become more comfortable, I think, with my femininity. And I've been struggling with that a lot. Because for me, femininity was always about sort of having long hair. Right. And wearing dresses and, you know, like the energy. Right. Of, and, right. and so I, I was associating all of that stuff together, like the presentation and the energy. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't necessarily need to have the presentation. But it's not just, you can be feminine and have short hair. You can. You can. But and like, I, I just Just like you can be masculine that. and decide you want to wear some eye makeup as well. Like, right. you, you can own some of that. It, mm. it, the thing is, it's like, we, we do get very stuck in these ideas mm. of what it is. And, and, you know, there's a, it's very important that we start to unlock that. And, and allow us ourselves to be have some freedom in it, yeah. like and, and make it look any way we want it to look. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to. I just feel like the claiming of one thing or another is fine, but like, don't say that it means this for someone else. Right. It may look very different to someone else, but these labels, they're sometimes problematic. Yes. And so I started sort of dressing like this a little bit, and then I cut my hair, and it was sort of it was sort of fairly long on top, but it was still you know like short. Yeah. At the back, and um, I was like, oh, this this feels better and then it, I've sort of gradually gotten a bit shorter and a bit shorter yeah. and, but but like still you know I keep it sort of long on top and in terms of the style that I had I felt like I was still I could still pass with the long hair and suddenly when this happened I was like oh well, yeah, you're I, there now right no, no, you're, no, in no, no. you're in that land you're in that land now you can't go back and it was like really delving into this um what's the word when you're leaning into that this sort of discomfort yeah. and it's been really interesting in terms of my own perception of what this is and what other people's perception of me is now and what is that well it's really funny so some people i work with who are just sort of super not queer at all are just like oh i just think you're fashionable that's great thank you very much i'll take that <laughs> but it's also with this sort of thing where you know i i feel like i'm now presenting as somebody who is queer and owning that right so you so okay so you you do feel like you look queer Mm -hmm. and now instead of feeling like oh god do i look queer you're like okay hell yeah i look queer yeah so i i was sort of starting to get more comfortable in who i was and how i was presenting but yet my confidence suddenly just dramatically dropped because interesting so you're saying you felt more comfortable but then your confidence dropped yeah that's a weird... It's weird, isn't it? It's weird yeah, it's time. usually the other way around. Mm-mm. Okay. But I felt much less confident because I felt less attractive because in my head, femininity and that presentation was attractive because I was brought up to, to be uh, you know taught that this is what is attractive. Right. And you know you use your feminine wiles and all of this stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't feel I'm... I'm not stereotypically attractive in what I've, I've been taught to believe is, is attractive. Okay. And it really just fucked with my head. But but let me ask you, like, because I mean, as being someone's queer, you're not dating men, no. <laughs> right? I'm guessing, <laughs> and I mean, you could be, you know. Did you feel that way also with the people you were dating? Did, was it was that confirmed also in the your interactions with women that you may have been like dating or romantically yeah. interested in? Yeah, actually, so I was I dated somebody um, last year. I remember I cut my hair or whatever, and she was like, and "This was a really negative thing to say." 
Um, and she said, you're not going to transition, are you? She was like, I've been through this twice. Oh, and I was like, oh, okay. Wow, okay. Well, that's... Wow. Well, yes, I absolutely was. Hands down. Yeah. But I was like, hmm, well, you clearly you have a type. <laughs> did you say that? That's excellent. That's no, a good that's a good rebuttal. I, um, I, I went along with that. It was to be fair, I was only dating for like a month and a half or something. But yeah, so I think, you know, she she made that comment. And also a friend of mine who is coming out to New York this year, and we spoke or we were chatting and she was like, oh, and she made some comments. She was like, well, don't transition before I come out. Oh. And I'm like... Who are these people? Right. I'm but, sorry. But Where, like, who are these people? I know, I know. But I, I think it's like for... I, that is her own stuff, I think, quite honestly. It's both of their own yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is absolutely both of their own yeah. stuff. But it's like, wow, I mean, like, you don't even see how transphobic that is. That's and it's not terrible. That and that this thing, I mean, it's not that I'm trans, but in their mind, the shift from where I was to where I am is so dramatic that they think that the next step me is to transition okay well that's okay so that's they're they're both very not knowledgeable but Um, that's but what what i mean about that is so so for instance that this is the extreme so someone thinks that i'm going to transition and yet some other people are just like oh well i just think you're fashionable so there is this sort of wide spectrum of how people are perceiving me and i'm like where am i actually on this like because it's you know what they say you know perception is reality and i'm like well what what the hell is reality when i have people at both ends of the spectrum Right. Okay. Well, you know, if I had to guess, I would say that much like when I came out and not came out, but like, I want to say my second coming out, my second coming out was when I came out as more masculine presenting. I think that was the second coming out for me. Okay. And the thing about that was that, and, and we've had other guests talk about this and I'll say it again. It's like the second I got comfortable with it, it's stopping a problem for a Mm -hmm. lot of people. I'm not saying it's everybody, but most people really wasn't a problem for them. It wasn't, they never thought about it. They didn't say anything to me about it. They shouldn't think right. about it. There's a lot that goes into that. No, I absolutely hear you. And it's like when you become, like, you, whatever you are projecting comes back to you. A lot of times. So that is that is definitely the case. And I think I'm, I'm still sort of working that out. It's okay. But, like... It, um, take, it's, it it's some time. Yeah. But, and this is, we're getting super vulnerable. Yeah, I, I know. Super vulnerable. We were supposed to talk about your clothes, but... We'll, we'll get there. I don't know what happened. It's, it's all coming. But it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of all there. And I, I'm happy to talk about my clothes. And I have sure. this adorable velvet blue yeah, jacket I want to hear all about it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's just become this whole thought process for me that hadn't existed before. I'm still kind of a little blown away by the process yeah. and where it's taking me. Yeah. But in terms of dating, that's been sort of interesting. I felt a shift and whether this is perception versus reality, I definitely felt a shift where if I was on, you know, like the apps or whatever, I felt like I was getting a lot more matches before when I was more feminine presenting. Interesting. Okay. But now where I feel like, and it's, it's more because it's non, probably more non-binary or queer versus masculine which is fine it's just not necessarily how I present but I still feel like within the the lesbian or the queer community it's like I'm not sure if people know where to put me in terms of that validation Mm -hmm. you know if I was seeking that from from the apps which I wouldn't necessarily say I was but like I definitely started to notice less matches if you like it played on your mind a little bit of course and then I read an article recently about like the impacts that um you know these online dating apps can have on your your psyche and and the validation that you seek from it and you know the effort that you put into it when you just think you know the next person or the next date yeah. is just a swipe away yeah so i yeah. decided to you know kind of come off them and just focus more on the projects that i'm involved in yeah. um my community my friends all, like all of these relationships that i think i feel are more positive for my life right um and dating good is idea. much more yeah it's good it's, idea i mean and you can also let it happen organically right right well, this is the thing yeah which is just a really nice thing which i don't 
think a lot of people are doing these days. But I mean, I think that you did a good thing. Like put the apps away, yeah. like focus on your community, focus on your on your projects and, you know, and meet someone organically. Like what's, why is that so bad? But I want to talk about the clothing a little bit because mm-hmm. I want to understand style. And just briefly tell me about what is your style at work as opposed to what is your style on stage as opposed to just, I'm going out with friends, this is what I'm wearing. When I'm on stage, I think it helps me to kind of have a persona. Yeah. <laughs> with the nerves and all of the shakes yeah. that I get. Of course, get. of course. It very, I think, you know, what I learned... Um, was to develop something that I felt comfortable in, that I, you know I could just slip into this person and away I go. I always wear a hat when I perform. Yeah, I've seen it. It's, yeah, it looks yeah, great on you. It's, it's like my Superman cape. It looks actually know. great. Yeah. Um, so I tend to always wear a hat, but and sometimes when I go out, I'll wear a hat. Yeah. And if it's to you know when I saw okay. you last. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I think the hat looks great on you. I think. Yeah, it's a hat. good look. I would say at work, it's sort of usually a button-up, a blazer, pants, and, and brogues, and I you know I'm not terrified to you know experiment necessarily with like patterns or color or whatever and I, and I think like that's what I have fun with is that flair yeah and when I was that's saying nice. to you about like the sort of gay man style yeah that's fantastic like, that is the sort of flair that I have a lot of fun with okay so you know I really love that and I also think that the idea of like mixing up putting these little patterns together putting some color in there listen you got to do it the way that it looks good on you mm-hmm. the way it feels good on you and I've seen it it looks great on you I think Thank it's a you. really good thing. The patterns, the color, the hat, the patterns, the hat, really good stuff. Thank it you. looks really good. So I think you should continue doing it. The the patterns yep. and the hat, would you say those are things that you would wear, uh, like going out with friends and then also on stage? So no. Just, no? On stage, probably a little less dapper, more casual. Okay. I don't know why. I just haven't done dapper on stage. Well, yet. I mean, I think you sound like you put together a persona and that's what that persona yeah. wears, right? So you yeah. know what it is and, and it works mm-hmm. on stage. So maybe you get off stage and there's a little more flair. Yes. Like your inner gay man comes out and you're just, you know. Yeah, I mean, I. it's funny, I remember doing a show, I think it was April last year at City Winery and I opened for Dave Davis. And the, and the reason I mentioned that was because the crowd was a little older. Yeah. Um, and City Winery, is a, I love the venue. But it was a much older crowd. And I wore short sleeve denim, like button up. And I think I wore a bandana. Mm-hmm. And I had a hat. Oh, good. And I think black, je- black jeans, maybe, and um, like some little booties or Chelsea boots or something mm-hmm. like that. And somebody came up to me after the show and she, she said to me, Are you gender bending? I don't think anyone said that since the 80s, but okay. These people are really. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. But I was really like, coming oh, across some interesting so people. <laughs> in terms of like. The, the style, I think my, my sort of onstage style is more androgynous. Okay. And going out with friends is probably a bit more dapper. And I like it's it's quite fun to kind of go out with friends. And I feel like I can have a bit more fun with okay. dressing up, if you like, whether it's, you know, a blazer or whatever. And actually, um, a really positive experience for me was I had a suit made by Bindal and Keep. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I wore that to Liz's wedding. Oh, right. That, awesome. that was a suit from Bindal and Keep. And like, it was such a, it was such a great experience. And, and Ray was amazing. And yeah, Ray is you know, you could hide the parts of your, like the, yes. the hips. Right, you know, right, right. You can accentuate, you can right. de-accentuate the parts you want, you want to yeah. sort of hide and accentuate the parts yeah. you really like. Yeah, I think there's sort of different styles. And I love, honestly, it feels kind of like dress up for all of these different things and it's like I can be a rock star I can be you know sort of more dapper at work or conservative if you like and I'll play with patterns or I can go out with my friends and then it's a slightly different style that's possibly a mix of both of those things yeah that's great kind of getting but I think also I think the big thing for me in doing all of those things was finding the right brands yes yes and And that can be a thing yes that's a a big thing It's, it's a mixture between finding the right brands one that fit you yeah and align with your identity exactly 
Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, that's always that's always the thing. Um, all right. So that's that's really amazing that you um, that you have these three personas. Like I, I would have guessed that I, I haven't seen you perform. So I, I would have guessed that the on stage and the sort of out with friends would was going to be a little more um, similar than it sounds like it is. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to know that you have like three these three areas of your life where you might be wearing three sort of different uh-huh. types of ways of dressing. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It's fun. And probably expensive, but <laughs> I'm impressed with you. I mean, I'm hoping you take one of those pieces, two of the pieces, and oh, yeah. are I mean, able to use Some it. of them are very style. Yeah, because that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, I like to end with a question that I'm asking all of my guests now, and it's about authenticity. Mm-hmm. So I'd like for you to finish this sentence. I feel most authentic when. Now, it could be anything. There are no wrong answers. It could be, I feel most authentic when I'm doing a certain activity. It could, it could be, I feel most authentic when I'm wearing a certain article of clothing. Think about something that makes you feel authentic, authentically you, and tell me what mm-hmm. that might be. I think the most authentic that I felt recently was this suit. It was the suit from Vanilla Cape. So it's this sort of lovely um, navy blue, the kind of very slight um, pink kind of window yeah. frame. Because it's really fun and you get to pick all the things that happen. And that's what, that's what's like, amazing about getting custom suit. You pick yeah. everything. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Yeah. The lining. It's incredible. The pockets, the, the buttons. Mm-hmm. You can pick everything. Exactly. It's such a, it's like a playground. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but like I picked like a really sort of, I actually picked like a hot pink paisley oh, lining. Very nice. With a blue suit? That's yeah. very nice. And it had the pink going through it, so I was like, oh, oh that'll, gorgeous. that'll go nicely. Gorgeous. So I had that, and like that for me was sort of my little sort of feminine touch. It's kind of hard to do hot pink in a sort of dapper kind of way. Well, it, it's not. I mean, obviously, if you use it sort of as an accent as an in accent, some way, yes, it's fine. Accent, like, if you're yeah. wearing a all hot pink outfit, then oh, absolutely, yeah. questions it's, are going to be asked. <laughs> yeah, it's like Kylie Jenner. It's going to be asked. Yeah, really so questions. Um, but I sort of had that suit on. I think I was, um, I had these like patent leather white shoes that was that were really cute. Um, yeah. And uh, sort of suspenders, if you like. Yeah. Um, and I, that was sort of when I felt most authentic. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what the sort of suit experience is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I like, I love a blazer, regardless of whether it's a, a like, a matching suit, I love a blazer. Yeah, it sounds I just, like it's. I mean, it, I've seen you in, in in a couple, and I think it's very much part of your style. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you are going to be now hooked on customer suiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you ask me, <laughs> I think that's it's just it's just the thing that happens. To anyone who's yeah. had a custom suit, you had once you have one, you're like, oh no, I can't stop here. I, I can't get back. I can't stop here. I'm really. It's like a slippery slope of my bank account is going to get dinged over and over again it's just so credit (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's right Um, (laughs) this is where it comes in very handy (laughs) but i think it's really a good thing and um so i i think i love that that's when you feel most authentic when you know wearing that suit creating that suit that was just all you all the parts of it you know the blue the 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 light pink sort of like window pane you i guess you were talking about um and then the hot pink with the in the lining, which is so great about a custom suit because you can literally make it anything you want. It can incorporate all the elements that, that are parts of you mm-hmm. again, that we don't really have to give a name to, right? They just are parts of something that you like and whatever that amalgamation is, it's just who you are. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to have an actual name or, or a label. I've always said in the past, like people want to label themselves. It's perfectly fine. And if you decide you don't want to, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But one of the guests I've had in the past said, um, 
you get to decide what you want to be every day. It's up to you, whatever whatever that looks like. So I love that answer. That suit was okay. what made you feel authentic. You're like, okay. You're like, no, there's no wrong answers. Yeah. <laughs> I John really... Everett for Ben Lakeet, but they it... were amazing. It was a great experience. Oh, awesome. I'm yeah. really glad. I'm really glad. Can I throw that question to you, though? What is how, When do you feel most authentic? Oh, that's, wow. Ah. You got me. Okay. Well, this is the podcast host in me. Well, I'll tell you right. Yes, and I enjoy it. Um, the problem is with me is that I feel authentic doing many things, and mm. that's the problem. So to find one thing I think makes me feel the most authentic. I actually feel very authentic when I'm when I'm doing this, what we're doing right now. Okay. When I'm interviewing somebody and asking questions, I feel very authentic because I have a natural curiosity about people. I love the stories and I love questioning them and asking them and making them think about mm-hmm. certain things. That makes me feel authentic. But there are a ton of things that make me feel authentic. So that's just something off the top of my head I'd say it makes me feel it's interesting authentic. that you answer that in a way of something that you do versus something you wear. Which is a question you asked me. Well, uh, I'll tell you why. Because I've gotten to such a place with what I wear mm-hmm. that it's I don't think about it as, as authenticity because it's such a part of me okay. that I, I'm going to think about the thing that is that is maybe less second nature to me. Mm-hmm. Like okay. it is very second nature for me to dress in a way that feels very authentic to me because I've been working on that for a while and it's gotten to a point where I don't even think about it anymore. That's great. Um, I like you. I, I would say that my style was very much dapper, like about a year maybe two years ago, and now I've gotten to a place of being so settled in my style that it doesn't necessarily have to be that. I can be dressed down and be very much me, or I can be dressed up and be very much me, mm-hmm. which is great, because yeah. I can always look like me and never walk out my house not feeling like myself. Yeah. Never. It's, I think it's, it's really great. You know, be, being able to feel like yourself, that is, I mean, it's, I think in terms of going from your 20s to your 30s, yeah. my 30s I definitely feel much more like myself, yeah. but it's it sort of takes a while to get there. And I think the more that you know, you, you live life a little bit and you have those experiences and you experience people who love you for you, yes. then that's where you get yeah. to who you are. And may I just say, you know, thank you very much for asking me to be a guest on I, the podcast. It's, I have it's, a wonderful time. I you. have listened to the podcast. I do listen to the podcast. And um, I love the conversations that you have. I think you're a wonderful host. Um, well, thank you very much. But yeah, it's it's been such a pleasure, and I I have felt very present in this conversation. Oh, great, awesome, um, which I've really enjoyed. So thank you. Well, I think uh, I think that's why I enjoy. Um, I think that's a good part about what I do with this with the podcast. I love talking to people, and when you're speaking to me, I'm really listening. Mm-hmm. I'm really taking in what you're saying, and that's why sometimes I'll have a really good question, or I'll I'll have a curiosity about something you say because. I'm very present so it's mm-hmm. really uh, it's a well thank you <laughs> I mean I don't know how you can tell but I guess I don't know <laughs> it has been a pleasure to have you and I'm so glad you came on today and I I really want you if right now to please tell everyone how to find you like how to find you on, on um, social media and also about the places you play like mm-hmm. I'm going to plug your stuff right now sure thank this you. is your turn yeah. um I mean I'm pretty active on Instagram so I'm at Stephanie Mans um, my website I Fairly keep it up to date. And well, I Stephanie Manns with two N's, right? Yes, yeah, Stephanie Manns with two, M, two N's, <laughs> N-A-N-N-S. Yeah. I have a, a podcast. So if you if you go onto my Instagram, there's a link tree, which has various links to my website. It has links to NYAC, the New York Artist Collective that I do. Um, the podcast that I host, I don't know. I can't, did we talk about that? Yeah. Well, we talked about, we did not speak about the, the podcast itself, ah. no. Oh, in, no. In a very you, brief you form. You can mention that. In a very brief form. So, um, I, so I host a podcast and I, I take an artist that um, I've either worked with in the New York Artist Collective and the runs that we do or artists that I'm interested in, or we're interested in, and we discuss a song that they have released, and 
we talk about that creative process for them and then you know what it's like to be an artist in New York so we kind of it's, they're relatively short they're kind of 25 minutes it's Fantastic. like it's the amount of time that it takes you to get to work so it's, it's that perfect sort of <laughs> consumption time I guess that's not by accident no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about the length of my own attention span um, so yeah I mean I, that's certainly something that I love doing um, but yeah you can keep up to date with me stephaniemans.com has all of my links and what have you please guys make sure you follow Stephanie on Instagram and check out our website and I'm hoping on your website you do have have your gigs listed or I do. I have my gigs listed. fantastic so um, yeah. I'm currently planning a tour I think for spring I have a release that I'm putting out I think my next show is, is a so far uh, sounds gig um, in March but I don't think I'm allowed to release any of those details because it's one of the secret shows okay all right well guys make sure you get on to stephaniemans.com and check out the website to find out when um, Stephanie's gigs are happening definitely follow her, her on Instagram definitely also um, when you're on the website check out the new artist collective it sounds like there's some interesting things going on there that will I'm sure list the shows and things that are happening yep, yep. we've got Excellent. a show March 23rd actually so um, oh, fantastic that, that should be amazing we've got some we've got Trey Alam I'm not sure if you've heard of Trey Lamb, no. Phil Pickens and Eli Love. There's some wonderful artists that are in and around New York. Yeah, um, I have to come check this, those out yeah, for sure. Please. Yeah, yeah awesome. I would love that. I would love that. I uh, want to thank you so much for being here today, coming on the podcast and talking with us, for turning the mic on me and asking <laughs> questions, which is not something anyone has ever done. Um, so thank you for doing that. You threw me off a little bit, but that was awesome. <laughs> you know, now I know what it feels like when someone's on the other mic and I throw them... Um, but anyway, so guys, thanks so much for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, please follow us on Instagram, Transition of Style. Um, comment and rate. And please uh, join us for the next episode. And we will see you next time. <laughs>